This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 676 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. Welcome to the Dressage Radio Show, the longest-running dressage podcast in the world. The official podcast of the United States Dressage Association and the Western Dressage Association of America. Here are your English dressage hosts, Reese and Philip. On today's USDF show, we talk to Tony Sandoval about performance neurotypes and how coaching can be catered to your personality. We'd like to give you tips on hydration and how to perform better at first level. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. <laughs> well, hi, Phil. How are you today? Hi, Reese. Uh, doing doing good. Uh, I just want to say that maybe that wasn't the best way to intro this show. Just like staying <laughs> hydrated and performing well at first level is kind of separate tips. Yes. But also, if you're hydrated well, you can ride first level. Yeah, also, ride first so, level. Yeah. That is very true. I am I am currently doing that very things, both those things, trying to ride first level well and hydration. So, uh, yes, they are not mutually exclusive, but we have two different tips for you. So, yeah, <laughs> I know. Well, we're kind of back at it. We had a really fun month last month, uh, kind of uh, celebrating our 10-year our anniversary, and uh, we're back at it now. So, uh, we're glad we hope you guys enjoyed the show. I had some people really say they, they got some kicks out of the show. So that was, that was fun. So it's, I just, it's yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, we had a good time doing it. I'm just wondering if there's, if there's any questions for us from all that, you know, all that discussion that we had and, and all that stuff, you know, feel free to send your questions and, and, you know, what, whatever the topic is, we're, we're happy to answer them. Yeah, we, we do. We always love questions. We get a kick out of them. And uh, yeah, it's fun. We, we we try to be pretty open in what we do here in the show and what really happens. I mean, really, truly, what we talk about is what we do on a daily basis. So uh, yeah, we're we're busy. We are full swing ahead. Our full, we are ahead of things, are we, Phil? We're trying to be at least. <laughs> we're trying we're trying to get there i had uh i i had uh some great sessions with my coach yesterday uh working on some things you know so that next time we go and compete we can be more successful i suppose and uh yeah, yeah i mean it's, it's a really fun time of year for 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 me and uh and and my favorite, you know, I can be outside, I can be in a t-shirt, like all these <laughs> wonderful things. Yeah, these wonderful are things happening. So it, it's, yeah, it, it's been great. You know, it's funny because you guys are you are really going. This is your show, show season for us. We have a couple horses that are showing right now, and they are showing. We we showed last week. Uh, shout out to Jet, uh, my assistant. She got two scores for her bronze medal. Um, we uh, and and. Uh, um, I, I big shout out to the, the horse that I'm competing right now. He was a superstar, really this horse. I think I've talked about him. He doesn't have a lot of show experience and, um, had a really tough question and last week. We have a, a local show in town or it's, it's about an hour from my house, but, uh, it's, it's, it's a USDF recognized competition, but it's on a Wednesday and it's, it's my favorite show of the year. I love the show. It's at a farm. Um, but you know, it, it's not really practical to go school the night before. Like they pretty much have to come off the trailer and go and show. And this guy did it. And he was great. Like even with some mistakes had a 73.6% 
um, at first level, really pleased with them. Uh, and this is going to come back later in our tip because we're going to talk a little bit about uh, first level and um, here in a little bit. So that's a teaser. Uh, but Zip was great. He was reserve champion for the horse show. I was so proud of him because uh, that was a difficult question um, for him. And now those two horses, again, we came back the next week, uh, which is a quicker turnover than I like, but it's just sometimes it's the way the schedule goes. And uh, this summer, um, also with my schedule, I'm not able to really compete and go away as much. I So I'm showing locally. Uh, and our, those two shows were like less than, a, well, the, the week and a couple of days apart, which is it's tough. So uh, those guys are literally at the horse show now. So um I'm really looking forward to a good horse show and, um, but they schooled great today. It was really hot. And, and that, that horse zip, we're, we're trying to just give them some culture and, you know, where they had the lunging arena was really far from the competition, but you know, it's great. He had to walk along the road and, um, and we're trying to do all that stuff with him and he's really coming around and really becoming a show horse, which is so fun to be a part of. So uh, I'm really actually looking forward to showing him tomorrow. And um, so we're showing uh, two days. I don't typically do three-day competitions if I don't have to. Um, Phil, I know you you maybe sometimes do more because you have limited time that you show. Uh, but I, I Yeah, I you love it. I don't. So just get back. Yeah. Yeah. Day, you, know? <laughs> you love it. I'm exhausted by day. Well, you know, it'll be day three because you go school four day is too much for me. I can't do it. <laughs> I've learned, <laughs> but, but I think that's important to know, you know, I'm also coaching and working and, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I live here. So I live 10 minutes from the show. So life is still going on and my dad's birthday party and retirement party. So I still have life go on and, and I have learned that I don't like to show for three days in a row. And I think that's important to know that, um, you know, to, to know what your strengths and weaknesses are. So, um, yeah, so that's what we have going on. And, and Phil, I know this month you have some competitions as well. So it's a busy month for us, but we're, we're excited to continue to bring some fun programming to you guys. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com.
Well, tonight we are so excited to have back Tony Sandoval. He is my strength coach and, and gosh, he's amazing. Uh, keeps me from being lame. Uh, Tony, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me back, Reese. Yeah, we were we were laughing because I was actually pretty lame last week when I came in. So uh, I learned the importance of uh, good walking shoes, everyone. That's a thing. Like, if you're going to do some walking, I was so proud. I was like going to tell Tony I had done my I'd done my walks. I, I'd been really good and tried all weekend. And I walked in some bad shoes. And don't do that. It's not a good idea. We'll have to do another segment on footwear, Tony, but we've got a great segment for today and we've been waiting for it, haven't we? Uh, yeah, I've been super <laughs> excited about this. So hopefully it's as informative um, as possible for everyone listening. Yeah, I love it. So tell everybody about the test that Philip and I took for you. So I had both of you take, and I, we touched on it the, on our last show, something called a neurotype test. And basically what this does, I guess you could categorize it as a Myers-Briggs. It identifies some of your characteristics, but what this test does, it, it shows you how your brain responds under pressure. Under, and for, for me, I translate this to under competitive environments, like at a show. So how would you compete at a show? What would push you over to act one way over another for training purposes. When I work with my online clients, it's a way for me to connect in a way that you and I connect in person, right? Reese, I didn't have to give you this test because through our conversations, I got to know you and I guessed what you were, right? But for some people that like, especially like uh, online, I want to make it as intimate as possible with my people. So I give them this test so that I know how to prescribe exercise. I know how to prescribe nutrition. I know how to prescribe sleep and what would what supplements would best suit them. So it's an, it's a really cool tool to get a little bit more. You, you want to talk about individualized programming. This is a perfect tool that I use. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I took the test because I, I don't meet with Tony on a regular basis or anything like that. So, um, this was a cool situation, uh, you know, sat down and uh, the test didn't take very long. I would say 20 minutes or something, but, you know, just a series of personality questions, you know, and, and how you react in, in certain situations and, and stuff like that. So it, it um, for me, it was kind of a, a cool way to get to gain some insight. Um, you know, if, if Tony could interpret the test uh, for us today. And that's that's what I'm going to do today. So here's how I want to break this down. So it's a little bit more digestible. Uh, I am going to give a quick definition of each of the types or categories of the way the test puts people in these categories. I hope that made sense there. Yeah. And then what I'm going to do is I am going to then go with overfills first and then Reese. And uh, that way everybody can see how I use this. Uh, but first and foremost, like any type of test, we are not robots. So when I look at this test, I look at it as a spectrum. On Monday, Reese might be what we would call a type 1A. But then on Friday, she's spritzing and she might be a type 3. Like it changes <laughs> depending on... And exhausted and on... have heat stroke. Yeah, I get all those things. Yeah. Whatever that just made me, I got all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's all about who you are on that day. And what I try to do, especially if I'm preparing somebody for a show, is to optimize the preparation so that on the day 
that you are showing or the weekend that you are your best version of yourself. Some people will ask me, hey, when I'm answering these questions, do you want me to answer it like I'm at work or I'm at a show? And that is it. That's the per- they answered their question without even knowing. You are one person. And when you go to your work, quote unquote, person, that means you're tapping into a thought process that is very useful for you to be successful at work. And then for some reason, you go to your show brain, another set of air quotes, and then you start getting nervous. You start doubting yourself. You start questioning everything. But if you did that at work, you probably wouldn't be as productive. So why, why does that happen? And that's where for me, we're giving this to a lot of people. I have my ideas as far as why someone would do that, but it's always individual. But at least that's what I want to get out first is that this test is not something that I pigeonhole people to. It gives me a way for me to identify why would you go to the high performing level of the spectrum and then go down to the low level of performing on the spectrum? And how can I get you to be that high performing more often? Or can I, pred- can I set you up so that predictably you will be that person for show weekend? Now, I know that was a lot, but does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think this is really important because, you know, I mean, the challenges of showing are a completely different ballgame because, you know, I'm, yeah. I literally, Tony knows this, but we have a horse show tomorrow and I literally ran in here from the horse show. And so getting mm-hmm. ready, working, getting the horses to the horse show. I mean, it's a lot of work and, um, you know, it, 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 this definitely takes training for sure. So uh, mm-hmm. keep going, Tony. This is awesome. Perfect. Okay. So next I'm going to go over the categories or the types of, we'll say people that I encounter and that this test identifies. The first one is what's called a type one A. And and I'm just going to read off of what I have here as far as the description. They are extremely confident, competitive, impatient, need to be the best and have very little empathy or slash don't care much about others. Now, this type of person is the one that gets so dialed in on what they're doing that they are emotionally unavailable. So even though they say they don't care much, it's not that that person doesn't care about people. It's in that moment, they are only concerned about one thing, winning, destroying everybody, and performing at their top level. So they don't have the emotional bandwidth to care about your feelings. What are people thinking of me? I'm in this rink and I'm going through this test. Are they going to judge me for X? They don't care. So for them going, going to uh, coach them, I wouldn't talk so much about, Hey, relax, get in your zone. Don't worry about people. They don't think about that. Anyways, you're doing more harm than good at those people. Now, again, I'm only going to say this about showing right now because I want it to be very particular about that. So that's the type one, a, Wait, that, wait can I guess? Two. Can I guess? That's Philip. That's got to be Philip. Well, everybody, well, that, that was the thing as well, you know, like go, taking <laughs> the test and then kind of uh, looking at the results. I mean, everybody is kind of a, a bland, I, you know, yeah. Tony, have you ever had somebody who was like just 90% 1A or, or, no. or in a particular category? <laughs> no. No, not at all. So we'll go over that when I go over your guys' results because I'll give you a break. <laughs> he says don't jump in. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's because it can get confusing and more importantly, you confuse me. Like, wait, what did he say? Oh, wait, I got to say the right thing. <laughs> That's how my brain is. And then you guys can guess what I am. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So Carry on. A one, a one B is also very confident and competitive, but has the most empathy and people skills. They are still impatient and need things to keep moving in the right direction, but easily can adapt their behavior to various situations. They also tend to have the most motor skills and are naturally explosive, meaning they, their bodies, their fast twitch muscles and reaction time is so much faster. And there's a reason for that because a 1B has a dominant neurotype or neurotransmitter, which is why the test is called neurotype. It bases everything off of your neurotransmitters, what excites you and then what suppresses your excitement. And I'll go over that a little bit uh, soon here, but they have, 1B has what I call the gold standard neurotransmitter for performance, especially in sport. And that is called acetylcholine. Acetylcholine, what it does is it makes it so that when the bullets are flying, in analogy, that you stay calm, but you are not overhyped. That way you can still have this emotional emotional neurotransmitter called glutamate still in your system and glutamate gives you the ability to have that empathy for a one a they are strictly off of adrenaline and they are so hyper focused and that takes away this emotional neurotransmitter called glutamate and so they could care less about anything but what's going on in their situation but they can always tip over because they have so much adrenaline and then they start becoming hyper focused and then that's when they fall off the rails. So that's a 1B. I would say the 1B to me is where I try to get people to. Some way or another, I got to get you to 1B because I have to get you calm and have your brain working when you're in a stressful situation. And some people naturally can do it at work, dealing with family. But when it comes to a show, something about the, the environment drains all their acetylcholine and increases their glutamate. So they get too emotional and when you get too emotional, that's when you choke. Moving forward, type 2A is the most adaptable neurotype. So type 2A, I would say 90%, uh, 85 to 90%, I'm going to give myself a range, are what eventers are. And, and hear this out. So they are the most adaptable neurotype. They are great at changing their personality to fit any situation or person. They have lower self-esteem and need the respect of, or, and the likeling, or the likeness of other people for them to feel good about themselves. Because of that, they are empathetic and good at reading people. So also about a type 2A, they don't do well with having one discipline. They like to jump around from place to place or different competitions or different sports or different disciplines. So for me, a type 2A, I can't keep on a training, the same exact training program for too long because they get un, they don't get interested enough. So uh, like a, there's other types that can do well with repetitive, but they can see that they're making progress and they don't like change. They want to execute to perfection. A type 2A is let me get good enough and then let me keep it moving. What's next? What's next? So that's why eventers are all, for the most part, the ones that I work with, 2A. They just do all the things right? And they can blend their personality to all the things. So that is what a 2A is. The, they're the most adaptable, but then they also have struggle with self-esteem. So uh, a lot of times, they these are the people that 
need help, need the most mindset coaching because they want, they are worried also about what they're getting thought of when they're in the rink, when they're in the, you know, in the jump arena, uh, when they're across country, they always have that in the back of their mind. So it just goes with the territory when you're a two a now a two B are the most emotional and empathetic. They have lower self-esteem and tend to take everything personally. They love to help people. Uh, and just like the two A, they are pretty darn good at reading people. So if you guessed it, Reese, I am a two B. I love to help people, but you know, myself, my self esteem can get uh, is very, very sensitive, and I do take things personally. And I've worked on that uh, throughout the years. So I've I tend to ma- I don't want to say mastered, but mastering the 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 signs when I do take when I can see or feel myself take things personally, and then I can calm myself down. I, I know that I have to take breaks. If Kristen and I are not agreeing about something, I, instead of me saying something emotional, I always have to say, hey, can you give me a sec to think about it? Because I'm I, deep down inside, I, I feel like I'm getting attacked. I just need to calm my emotions down. So two Bs have to be very conscious about that because we also produce a lot of what's called glutamate, that neurotransmitter that's based on emotion. So if I am an emotional person or these are the people that wear their emotions on their sleeves, you have to take time to calm down and take that under control and be more logical than emotional. That is a 2B. Now the three, the three is a very pragmatic type. They are thinkers, often overthinkers. They prefer to stick to things that they know and function better when following a plan. They tend to be more introvert, introverted and don't seek out new social connections. While they don't have the, the need to, to have a boss around, a lot of type three hold positions of, of authority because they get things done. They are great at creating structure and often like to be in charge to make sure nothing goes wrong. So uh, type threes, there is no such thing as delegation <laughs> for them. They like, if they want to get it done right, they do it themselves. So again, with the, with the type three, these are also the people because in a show environment, things are not always under the control. Type threes can choke the most because they feel that they are out of control. They don't have total control of their horse. The judges, they hate their horse. They're doing this. They start thinking about all the factors that they can't control, which messes them up. So they might be a boss literally and figuratively at work, there nobody can touch them because they're in control. They they sign all the paychecks or the time cards. They have complete control, so they are comfortable. So they are high performers. But then they take that superpower and they lose it when they know that there are a lot of factors that they can't control. Now, with all that being said, we got one A, one B, two A, two B, and three. The goal, if I if you remember earlier, I said I always try to get someone to a one B is mm-hmm. to take someone that is either below that or slightly above like a 1A, obviously, and see what I can do to make sure that we can talk about the things that can get you lower on the performance spectrum and get you closer, closer to the 1B. Some people can get there and some people it just takes time to get there so that you can control all of your neurotransmitters and you have the right type, the right balance of neurotransmitters that excite you and the right balance of neurotransmitters that almost, it, they downregulate some neurotransmitters. Because, for example, if you have adrenaline, adrenaline is a great, a great neurotransmitter. So is cortisol. And people go, wait, cortisol? I heard that was bad. I heard that that's what makes us, you know, gain uh, body fat. Uh, why do we want that? 
cortisol and adrenaline work together to get you in this right frame of focus. The problem is, is when you have too much cortisol, when you have too much adrenaline, then you go eight, you know what? Mm-hmm. And then you see the people in the rink crying before they're entering. And that's <laughs> when you know adrenaline went too far, a glutamate went too far. And I see that and I can already tell like, oh man, this, this poor person. In my head, I'm already, I'm reading through all these things and going, I know what I would tell her to help her be in a better mindset. But that's how I coach people. If I know like we won't, we won't discuss it right now because I, I want to go over uh, Reese yours and, and Phil's yeah. here in a minute. But if I know someone is at a to be me and I got to compete, I know what to tell myself and I know the mm-hmm. preparation I need to do so that mm-hmm. I can be a one B closer, mm-hmm. closer to having my, my adrenaline be on point, my acetylcholine, which is the gold standard neurotransmitter to be great. And for my, for my glutamate to be down, not to be so emotional. That way I can feel better about my, my competitiveness, my results, as far as what I'm trying to execute. So again, for me, it's not about what I get, what place I get, what number it's about. Can I execute what Reese and I have been working with? She was yelling at me a lot about X, Y, and Z. I want to make sure that I do these things that I can, and I can remember to tell me what Reese told me. And then at the end, that's what happened instead of mm-hmm. Reese yelling at me because I still didn't do what you asked me to do when I, you know, from all the work that we did. So no, that, but I think this is so critical. That is, that is neuroscience, yeah. right? That is, yeah. that is critical that's, to understand critical. You're coaching. Yeah. when you coach. Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah that's it. I mean, these are all, this is great information. I'm just yeah. sitting yeah. here like, yeah, okay, Tony, yeah. tell us more. Tell, tell us, us more, Tony. <laughs> well, and I think this is so right. important as coaches, right? Like we're all, all three right. are coaches and we were at a, just a quick story. We were at a horse show last week and one of my students, I wrote at the exact same time. So I didn't get to go with her. So a friend of hers went and, you know, it wasn't me. And we have a, we have a pretty good system. And this person, we always go through her test. We always, we have like a system. Well, she didn't go through her test and this person is not a trainer. They're a friend. And so they got her, they got her riled up. Actually, they got her upset. And I just said to her, I said, we, you know, that is not the program we we do. And she learned that, right. She's like, okay, next time Mm -hmm. I need to tell them exactly. Like, I need you to go through my test with me. I need you to tell me one thing, which is what I do. I tell her one or two things that I think can help her. And, and, and we changed that and it wasn't her coach. And I said, next time we're going to send you in with no coach. Sometimes it's better to coach yourself than to have somebody. Yeah, She knows what to do. And so yeah, I just helped her. She, she competes. We all compete tomorrow and we have a very, a very good plan, right? I said, this is what we're going to do. And this is what's going to happen. And this is when you're going to get on. And so she learned that it was a little or so show than what we're doing now. But so that's why, you know, Tony, us going through all this and, and, Philip and I as coaches learning this stuff and also knowing yourself and what you are is critical. So you can, you know, help your coach help you, you know, so keep going, Tony. This is awesome. <coughs> I was going to talk and then I swallowed. <laughs> I killed Tony. He <laughs> <laughs> killed me. Okay. I think I'm good now. One more. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. So now when I asked you all to take the test, I wanted to just to, for you to have the experience of what I would do or how, how I will communicate this information to you. So, Philip, here we go. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah you're yeah. perfect, Phil. <laughs> Let's just put that right out there right now. Everybody, Philip's right. perfect and we love him. So this is self-discovery yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> this is just self-discovery on the journey of self-improvement, right? Yes. Yeah. 
So <laughs> and what, we're sharing what, it with everyone. Phil doesn't know, right? Like uh, Tony went over it a little bit with me, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because we saved it for the tape. So uh, this is this is the first time we've heard of all this stuff. Right, right. So the way, Philip, you scored, and I'll give you, I only give people the top two because those are the ones where I can say we can get you from one to the other or there's where you navigate easier on your own without ever knowing any of this information. You've just been doing this literally since day one. So you predominantly operate in this neurotype three, which is, is going to be, now you can tell me yes, no, but you are a thinker sometimes an overthinker. You like to fit, you are a great boss in the sense that you like to create systems. You like things to function properly under a good plan. Yes, maybe the new social interactions may not be the the thing that gives you energy, but it's not like you cannot do it. Uh, And even though, again, sometimes you uh, like to have a lot of control, but it's not something where you are like micromanaging. You just like things to go accordingly because you probably are very efficient effective and efficient with your time, especially when it comes to your profession. Yes or no? That, that, sound, that, sound, that <laughs> sounds so right. True. That sounds right. It's so right Type on. three. Okay, now type three. Now, if you remember type three, they, they produce the most glutamate. That means they are the most emotional. So what you do, Phil, is when it is game time, your brain turns over to a one a and a one a is the one where you can now get all the glutamate down so now there is no more emotion now there is do not talk to me from the stables from my stall to the ring because i am so focused and it's not that i don't care about you i do but at this moment i am not acknowledging you not even on purpose it's just the way you are focusing to be in the moment which you have the ability to do very well. So you can focus on limp. It's almost like a defense mechanism. You shut down all of your cares about people because you don't want to get caught on using the glutamate to think about what might happen, what has happened. You've learned to stay in the moment by shutting off all of that. And now because you shut off all the glutamate and the motion, you you just don't have no feelings for people. So some people might take you the wrong way, but they're just catching you in a snapshot, (laughs) in a snapshot of where you are as a competitor, but not what you are when you are teaching, when you are running your business, when you are talking to your, to your clients, that's totally different people. For me, if I were to train you, I would definitely teach you more about the type three, because I know that's where you like to live. But then we would talk about getting you from the 1A, maybe to the 1B, where you have a little bit more acetylcholine and you have a little bit more thought process when you're writing in your tests instead of only basing it on adrenaline because you are one second away from overspilling the adrenaline, losing your focus, and then coming out going, that was awful. What happened to me? It's because you didn't have enough acetylcholine to really dial in and use all of your superpowers, but that's not a big jump to go from one A to one B, right? It's just a little bit of training, but I, from my point of view, or the way I would use this information is make programs for a type three that you, so you like exercises to be uh, consistent until you master them because you will not go away on to something else until you find that there is mastery of to some extent before you move on. Cause that's, that's what brings you 
the most joy is learning that you went from, I don't know what I'm doing to look at how good I am, not getting switched around and then feeling like you're just out of control, right? And that's the big term right there or the key phrase, out of control. So that's how I would work with you, Phil. And that's how I would talk to you about your, the shows that are coming up. What can we do to get you from a 1A where you like to perform into a 1B? I like it. That, I'm I mean, all of that, so all that sounds bang on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to have a schedule. I like to stick to the schedule. I like to know what's yeah. going on. Um, yeah. That, that makes me comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and then, yeah, I mean, for sure. I can, I, I mean, you know, uh, I've said before, last time we talked about this on the show, like as soon as my butt hits the saddle, forget it, you know, like yeah. everything else yeah. is gone. Everybody yeah. else yeah. is gone. And it's <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, don't, I, mean, okay, I, I've shown, uh, a lot without, uh, without a coach on the sidelines. So it actually, I, I do not like to be coached and, and prepared for a test. I I've learned how to kind of do that myself. Um, you know, for, for successes and failures, I like to just be in my zone, warm, warm myself up, warm my horse up. And I, you know, I kind of, have a feeling for where I need to be and to be successful. So I can't have somebody in my ear or anything when I'm, you know, when I'm preparing for a test, you know, I, I get my show coaching on the warm up day the you know, the, the day before the show where we're kind of running through things I have to do and things I have to prepare for rather than on the day of no, leave me alone. I'm in my zone. Forget it. Boom. it's so true that is it so and and even when you're in your testing you were now this is not over a hundred percent like per se so when you hear these numbers you're going to get like wait what so for the three it was 66 percent of your test yeah and then your the closest one after that was 56 percent now again those numbers don't add up to 100 but you got to think what they're doing is going out of the questions that they have in the test uh, with the different types of categorization. They come up with a percentage that is more representative. Uh, well, they come up with a number that is more representative of how your brain would in certain situations act. And so uh, it's, it, it confused me as well. But then when I got a little bit more clarity, I was like, okay, well, I, that makes sense. That just proves to me everybody can be all of these. There are certain situations where you can be every single one of them. It's just the percentages, the likelihood are very low for some instances. Some of them are very like you're very close to all of them. So you're like, wow, this person is very diverse and then they could do anything. They're a chameleon, um, but they're very rare. But, but usually somebody, uh, some people just have like a dominant two. And those are yours. So now you know uh, why you do what you do. And if there was any improvement, then you know, what, you know, at least a little bit of an idea of what you can do to keep improving so that you can get closer to this place where your your brain is releasing this neurotransmitter where you can think even clearer even though you think at this point this is where i am there's always room for improvement there's always room for growth and if that acetylcholine could could get optimized a little bit more uh you'd you'd feel a lot better a lot more clarity uh when you ride nice nice thank you Tony. i love yeah, it i love it that's great. so okay. right on <laughs> now for Reese, are you oh, ready? Reese? Yeah, I'm ready. I, I can, I can uh, handle it. I think. Now, I here's my because uh, for the majority, I, I work with you know the inventors uh, and then 
have been recently getting more dressage people. And the few dressage people that I have worked with that I, that I have taken people through this test, all score relatively close. So Reese, you are also a three. Like oh. and a and 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 a one A, oh. like Phil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's the here's the thing, <laughs> dressage people. If I were to throw something out at them, is that the threes is very common because of the amount of organization and the perfection that needs to happen in that sport. So if you think about uh, for for exercises. If I threw exercises at you every other, like every time we met, they were different. You would not like the program long term because deep down inside, you would say, "Hey, am I even getting better at this?" Yeah, <laughs> because it <laughs> would true. be a mini freakout. No, it's so head, true. Sure. Oh, oh, it would be a mini freakout because I, 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 there's a couple exercises like I struggle a little bit with like where to put mm-hmm. my hands and and how mm-hmm. to do that. And so when when Tony like. Hey, we're doing it this way. It's so much better because I'm like, oh, I know this one, and a couple of ones yeah. now I'm I'm getting better at. So I'm like, oh, let me yeah. do this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that makes sense. Once I figured I, I like once I figured out who, what you were without the test, I knew my program was going to be uh, a <laughs> lot of, of exercises that I I you can feel good about because the feeling good again, you use that glutamate. I want to use that as our superpower, not as something that is some uh, a negative or it it, it negatively impacts your view on exercise. I want to hit that dopamine. I want to hit that, which is another transmitter. I wanted to be exercise to tie to, I feel good. I start my Monday mornings feeling great because I exercise. And so if I do that, I'm going through the right, now I'm giving you my super, my, my tricks of what I'm doing with you, but you know, my oh, Jedi mind powers. Jedi mind powers <laughs> that's are that's, working. Because <laughs> I do. I see Tony every Monday morning now. That's It's actually really important. And if, you know, even on the the weeks where I'm going to be out of town or something, we change it around. Yeah. But it, it actually really helps me to see Tony. Literally, it's my first thing Monday morning. So I start mm-hmm. at my barn a little bit later because it's really important for me. It sort of starts my week. And then it gives me goals for the week. That And Tony's really good at getting goals that I can actually hit. Cause that was, has been a problem for me in the past. Like, you know, I'm not going to go and do X, but Tony's very good at like, okay, this is your goal this week. Like, I want you to do this. And I'm like, oh, I can do that. And then, you know, he's tricking me that I've already done <laughs> multiple other things. I know this in my head, but it's true. It's like, okay, you know, uh, we, we have little tricks going like, this is what I want you to try to do with your diet, or this is what I want you to yeah. stop drinking so much alcohol. Um, or whatever it is. And, and it's starting. And and now, you know, that, that I'm in the program and, and I, I, and now I really try not to even miss like with 4th of July, Tony and I got together. Like, I was like, are we working? Cause I really need to work today. So that makes sense. Cause I I have things that I can do and then I feel successful. And then I want to keep coming because I feel better. Not it's like it's a Jedi mind trick, but it's working. So I like yeah. it. <laughs> it is. I mean, it, if you if I just coach you in the same direction that your brain likes to absorb new habits, then I'm not fighting against the grain, which is a lot of people when you start training, this is my system and this is what works, but it's only gonna work for the person that is again the neurotype uh categorization fits that. For every other person that that it doesn't, it won't work. So it's not like it always works. When people have system, it's based off of a certain type of person, and that's what they gear it towards. For me, that's it's. I think it's a lot. Again, this is my two B. I want to help everyone, 
it's better for me, even though it is a little more hard, uh, like more investment of time to try to figure out what's going to work. But the result is more gratifying to me because I'm, I'm making you and helping you do an activity that you would never have seen yourself do before. And, right. Well, that's, so, it. that's the other thing that we've talked about on our show, um, you know, about coaching. I, I don't believe that there's like, you know, there's good coaches and bad coaches. And, you know, it's just you may have had a negative experience with a good mm-hmm. person because they weren't, uh, you know, they've got their right. they've got their coaching system. Right. Out. It, it works right. for some people. Um, it, it's it, it's not meant for everyone. Right. And, and right. you know, that's what, what you're talking about, Tony, is actually you know, as a coach being really adoptable and, and, and like you said, really trying to help everyone, um, you know, that, that, that's really tough actually. It is tough. And again, and again, like going back to mine, I take everything personally. So it, it, even I put myself out there because I do do this. I try to accommodate everybody. And even though I'm in a specific niche, which is equestrians, but as far as the personalities that I go for, as long as I can feel out, like there's some, some, a little bit of commitment and I can grow that commitment. That's, that's what I get up in the morning for is to get someone from where they're at and then where they want to be. And even sometimes I know where they want to be, but they fight themselves to get there. If I can help them make that journey a little easier by knowing them a little bit more helps me out. And again, the more I understand the sport, the more I understand the people that are successful in the sport and the more I can start making like these assumptions. And I know we shouldn't do that, but I can say there's, dressage people are very, very meticulous about their technique and the details. And so a type three is like that. And they are efficient and effective with their movements. And so that's what you do with everything. And I know this very well because I live, I married a type three. And so she is the most, she is the most productive, time efficient person that I know. And so again, when she's under control, she's a powerhouse. She gets into situations where there's a, this little, you know, um, I'm going to say like there's a, a vibe of uncertainty. Mm, then those, then she starts to crack and I have to remind her like, Hey, this is what's going on. I mean, board games, when there's a little bit like, <laughs> where, are these, where are these dice going to roll? She's, she's checking out. She's checking out. Not because <laughs> I, she's a loser. I hate board games. I'm with her. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> See, look at that. I, I, I get it. I get it because I live with a person that's like that. And <laughs> but if, when we're winning, when we're winning, oh yeah, she's, you know, jumping and doing all the things. <laughs> but as soon as the things get out of control, she's quiet. I don't like this game. <laughs> and if she heard this podcast, <laughs> she'd be like, why are you telling my business? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so for me, it's easy to say, okay, when you guys are in the, the weeds and the X's and O's, of throughout your day, the three is your superpower. But when you're in training, I mean, you're at a show, we have to learn how to take those superpowers of being precise sharpshooters, but then how do we almost like damage control, bring down the emotional stuff that you have and be into this more one B where you're now super focused on the things and being in the moment and not worrying about what happened before, what might happen, who did that, who's going to do this, and just focus on yourself, but, but be able to still have like this enjoyment of what you're doing. Because what happens with 1Bs and 1As, and the biggest thing for me as a, as a coach is that 1A, 
their dopamine level, which I talked about earlier, which is the neurotransmitter that brings pleasure. It, this is what, when people, and you read all the books about habits, they want to tie a habit to a dopaminergic reaction, meaning when you do something that you are trying to build a habit for, celebrate, make it a big thing because your brain's going to say, go, oh, I just did X, Y, Z. Okay, I'm going to do this dance and I'm going to high five myself and pat myself on the back. <laughs> okay, so that, that's because as you get going, if you are showing and you don't find any joy, you just did the best test, you got the best percentages, but you're kind of like, I just want to go and keep going and you don't stop and celebrate, that means your dopamine is low. And when your dopamine is low, you are in danger of having a lot of depressive moments. Uh, that's when you start getting into these uh, mindset uh, issues and being at, on antidepressants. And I see that a lot with high performers. If they are not always on top, and even when they get there, it's, like, it's almost like that saying, if you're if you're nothing with a gold medal, you'll never be anything with the gold medal. That is a one, that is a one, a to a T because they're always searching for the next thing where a one B can be like, yes, I did it. All that hard work, dopamine, cool. And that's what we want to do is I want to be able to get someone to enjoy what they're doing, being able to have enough glutamate to do, have that dopamine to be in there, but not too much where they choke or not too little, where they never enjoy the fruits of their labor. I know that was a little I, I, long. Speaking on this, th this actually speaks a lot to me because, um, you know, um, going through this and I've, I've been competing a long time, you know, and sometimes, sometimes when I, you know, I've done really well, I've won a test or, or whatever, and it was a bit tougher than, than doing bad because when I did bad, I had reasons and I, and I could point at like, this wasn't good enough. This wasn't good. And I can work mm -hmm. on it. But, but when, it, when I've had successes, um, I've still felt like, Oh, that, you know, that was just the judge on the day or, or, you know, I could find a ton of excuses why it wasn't good enough. And, you know, like yeah. almost like almost winning was worse than not winning. And so, um, you know, I've I've learned over over time to just celebrate everything. I'm just I'm yeah. just there to have a good time. And every fr like I have champagne Fridays. Maybe maybe sometimes it turns into champagne <laughs> yeah. Sundays. You know, but yeah. I just, you know, Friday. I was never you know I was never I was just too focused and and never achieving what I thought I could or what I what I what I thought I should be. Um, you know, regardless of the scores and of the ribbons and, and whatever. And that was, you know, like you were saying, that's kind of detrimental to my, um, to my well-being. So yeah. anyways, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. I guess I, I've awesome. learned. Yeah, that's awesome. Because I think, Phil, you know, knowing, you know, being friends and um, having a lot of, you know, having some success, but also having some, some tough moments, uh, I also celebrate now. So I think that's part yep. of it too. But are you kidding me, guys? I am high-fiving my way to myself all the way out of Tony's <laughs> Tony's gym. I'm like, yes, nice. it's Monday. I just I just nailed it. And of course, you know, I really didn't. I was kind of crippled, but I'm not crippled when I leave. So I love it. Well, Tony, this has been so cool. Um, how can our listeners find you online? How can they find more information if they want to learn more about the testing? Like, how to, Talk to us. Tell us all the things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, my, I have a website. It is coachsandaltraining.com. And then on that website, there is a place for you to leave any inquiries. So if you wanted to get on a call and talk about 
the opportunity to, to work together, then you can do that. I also give away, well, I share, I want to say, all my content on Instagram. I wanted to say IG for the cool kids. Um, <laughs> but I like to share there my thoughts on things like shows, nutrition. I give a ton of uh, examples of exercises that you can implement into your daily routine. So there's where I do most of my sharing. And then Facebook, when it wants to, it'll share it as well. So those are my three channels. And then on Instagram, it is Coach Sandal Training. It's so cool. Well, Tony, thank you so much for all your insight. And we look forward to all your information. Thanks, guys. Well, I don't know about anyone else, but Coach Sando, Tony Sandoval, has stayed on the show with us today because uh, it is very hot in Lexington. I think our heat index yesterday was 118 or something. It's very, very hot. And one of the goals we've been working on together is hydration. So, Tony, welcome back to the show. And I'm glad you stayed on to talk about this because this is a really important topic right now. Yeah, super important. And I'm super glad that I stuck around so we can share some information here. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's been incredibly hot here this week. And, you know, one of our goals together was drink more water. I will tell you, I have been drinking the water this week, but I mean, I'm I'm still not doing enough. So I really wanted to talk about that. Even Phil, you said it's hot in Canada right now. So Tony, just talk to us. Talk to us about how much water we need. What do you do when it's this hot? Because we have a competition and we're hydrating the horses and we're trying to hydrate ourselves, but I don't think we're doing as good of a job as we are with the horses, actually. Yeah. No, I'm (laughs) sure the horses are way more hydrated than we are as people. (laughs) They are. (laughs) Way more. (laughs) <laughs> so there are, there are a couple like key things that you have to understand about hydration. Number one, hydration begins before you think you need to be hydrated. So it's one of those things that starting early in your day is going to have a big impact on how the rest of your day goes. Because if you get to a situation and now you're thinking, hey, I'm thirsty, it's too late for instances for you to optimize your performance. So talking about getting heat exhaustion, that hits you so fast. By the time you're drinking water, your body's in this sh- like shock state that even the absorption of the water, you, that's why they ask you to sip on it when you get in those situations because it's not going to be that easy to absorb. Yeah, I've, but, I've, I've been in this situation, like a heat stroke situation. And, and uh, you know, I, I noticed too, just like you're saying, that like I noticed way too late and then I was mm-hmm. puking up all the water that I was trying to, it was... Mm-hmm. A terrible, right. terrible time, but like to right. just have you know to have a drink of water and then puke it right back up was a bad time. Yeah. Bad, mm-hmm. bad. Yeah, no. I mean, and it happened so fast. Poor my assistant, poor Jet. Last week or two weeks, we had another really hot spell, and poor thing. Like, I mean, she was out. She couldn't keep anything down. Like, and and it was clearly that she had heat stroke. It was awful. So, um, keep going, Tony. <laughs> Yeah, no, that and those are perfect because that gives you the examples, real life examples of what happens. So if that's the first thing is making sure that you start with hydration real early, that way, but when you think you need it, you've already had it. Now, number two, the thing about hydration is always going to be how much, and you'll find all these equations and it confuses people. So what I try to do is tell people, 
not necessarily what your goal is, because then you get someone that goes from 16 ounces of water, and then they try to chug day one of this new hydration plan to drink 100 ounces or 120 ounces, because that's what the math turned out in the, the next day. Let me tell you, that is going to be an awful day full of ton of restroom breaks, and you won't be able to get <laughs> anything done. So then day one starts into the first and last day of this program, right? So you always want to make sure that when you're hydrating, the, the number overall, yes, it could be a goal. And usually what I tell people, which is a safe range, just to take the math out, is between 80 and 100 ounces of water. Now, some people can drink the gallon right? But some people don't need the gallon. It's all dependent on weight, but between 80 ounces to a hundred puts you in a good spot. Hey, so, Tony, now, do, you, do you have any, do you have any, uh, metric? Ooh, hold on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Hold it's true. on. Cause we've been working on this. Uh, you know, this was one of my, my topics that I needed to do every week was Tony's like, okay, we have to work on your hydration. And I brought in a bottle and he said, you need to drink four of these during your day. And I'm like, okay, I can, I think I can do that. Now it, it took, there were, I, I, I feel can laugh because I already use the restroom a lot. So, um, but actually it's funny because by the time you, I was getting up to that, like you had to work to that. It wasn't that I just, like you said, just went in and chugged it. Cause that's not going to work. But like, and, and then now that it's even hotter, I've had to go to more of those. And I like literally keep a count in my head of like how many I've done. And then, you know, about lunchtime, I maybe throw a sprig of mint in there, get crazy. <laughs> or maybe <laughs> a, a cucumber. lemon. A, a cucumber. Cucumber, yeah. oh, cucumber with the mint. Oh, I am telling you what, it is a treat. No, but yeah. truly like that helps me too. Like I have, I have like a little mint plant is exploding outside my door. So I literally pluck a few things and, and, you know, little sprigs and stick it in my water. That has actually helped me a lot because it's something different, you know? And, and I like, I like sparkling water. So I'll grab maybe one of those, but, um, that has helped me. That's been a tip that I did the other day. And yeah, Phil, I did. I threw a cucumber in there. I got crazy the other day at a snack. <laughs> I like, I, I like those, Ooh. um, you know, yeah. sugar-free flavored, um, electrolyte. They're kind of like giant, you know, like big pills. Yeah, those are I don't great. Want, I don't want to be I don't want to be drinking all the junk that comes in Gatorade, you know, and sugar and carbs and all that. So um, mm -hmm. I've got a bunch of those. Yeah, they're they're great. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh, I think I was going to go into that because there is a, there is an equation for that stuff. So I was going to talk about that. Now, not making too much numbers, but also give you some suggestions as far as electrolytes are concerned. But okay. now for these metric, for the 80 to 100 ounces, now would metric work in liters? Yeah. So I, I, I just looked it up. It's about, it's over two liters. Yeah. Oh, it's a little over two liters. Yeah. And, and now again, that would be like the ultimate goal, because if you're not drinking even close to that, then always my suggestion is start off with eight, add a cup of water a day. So eight ounces. So wherever you're at, some people, no joke, they'll have about 16 ounces of water a day, just water. And so for me to say, okay, now from 16 ounces, I want you to double it and take 32. They could do it, but they're not going to feel good. And so for me, again, like always, I always talk about, it's always a progression and it's where you at and where you need to be or where you want to be. And let's take our steps to get there. So it might take us like a month to get to where you're supposed to be. And that's better 
and, and, and we're working towards it. And is that still going to lower the chances of you overheating because you're not drinking enough water? Maybe, but then we start talking about these other strategies with electrolytes and timing our water a little bit better throughout the day so that that doesn't happen. So when I talk to people about the dangers of overheating, here's what I always start off with. Number one, have at least eight ounces of like, so a cup up to two cups of water so that you can drink as soon as you wake up, as soon as you wake up. Now, some people, they have to go and work real early in the morning. So then I say, now you can have one of those noon tablets though that you were talking about or electrolyte powders that you can put into your water and drink the electrolyte in with that morning water. The first thing you do, no coffee. It's got to be that water. The first thing, because you are dehydrated. Hopefully you're sleeping seven to eight hours a night. So all of that time without having any water, you can't just start going off on your day and not drink any water. You're going to set yourself up for failure really fast. Some, some tips as, as far as electrolytes. The main thing that you want to make sure that your electrolytes have are going to be sodium. And we can all guess why the sweat that we, mm-hmm. you know, produce. So we need to have the sodium. We need to have potassium because when you start getting into heat exhaustion, for some people, their stomachs cramp and then their body starts cramping everywhere. That's because mm-hmm. our potassium levels are, are down. Chloride is going to be another important one. And then you'll find some that uh, if you're lucky enough to have a, a bigger spectrum like phosphorus and magnesium in there. And those are awesome. So those would be what we consider our electrolytes. So I'll repeat them again. We're going to go with sodium, phosphorus, and magnesium. Now, if you're, if you get, you know, you, sometimes you'll find one that has a couple in there. And sometimes you'll find some that just prioritize, like, like Phil was saying, sugar uh, as their main way for you to absorb it. Some people are going to hide, and I'm not saying hide, some people are going to coat the electrolytes with things that are going to make the absorption faster, like sugars. And so you read the carbohydrates, but then if you look at the total sugar, that's what we're trying to really go, okay, well, what type of sugar? Because sugar is not necessarily the, the evil thing here because you need to absorb it. What it is, is when you start looking at, you know, the way they, they artificially color it and all the other additives that you can't pronounce all the names on the label, that's when you're like, wow, that's a lot of things that I don't think I want to put in there. I want to get a higher quality one. And I'm not going to drop names. Everybody's got their little different. Like I like something like a tablet like Phil and it's called Noon, N-U-U-N. And you can find that anywhere. And yeah, yeah. Relatively yeah those are, they're good. Those are you know, great. You can slide them in your crack purse. Them up. I have, yeah, yeah. I have one in my purse. I have well. one in my car. Yeah. Because at the horse show today, whew, mm-hmm. Tony, I was getting a little lightheaded. So was Jet. Mm-hmm. I was like, come here. You know, and, and I had them in my car. So I, uh, or my purse, you know, I was just able to like give us both. And we both were like, huh, whew, way better. Like it was really good. Those are awesome. Um, yeah. So, and you want to start those again, like before it hits, before that heat hits, yeah. you want to start giving yourself a reserve. Now, as far as my, my tips for someone that is still working on their water uh, hydration or their intake, you always want to make sure that if you, you can get your head around that first glass, that's going to set you up. And then like, say you're getting ready to go out to the show, have another water bottle. Like if you have those 16 ounces and have that with you and just sip on that throughout the day. And as you're going throughout the day and you're going through your, your working or you're, you're going between your tests 
and you're just continually sipping on that. The, the sipping, although it's not a large amount, it just keeps water in there until you don't, so you don't have to go to the restroom a lot and you're still working on your goal to increase your water intake. And maybe even at the middle of the day, you could add another hydration uh, electrolyte package or tablet because uh, you're, since you're not drinking enough water, having a little bit of those electrolytes, if you're sweating out, is going to save you. Now, I, you don't want to stay like that all the time. You want to have the, the, the majority of your hydration be water because that's what we're made of. But there is a lot of instances where the electrolytes makes the absorption of water easier. So if somebody just drank nothing but water was, was still getting, uh, going through heat exhaustion, I'm sorry, it's because their electrolyte levels were low. So there was no absorption of water. So electrolytes are important. They're just not like, hey, I, I hate drinking water, but I'll drink it with these electrolytes. That makes it fun. I get that maybe for one, but then the rest of the day, you kind of have to, you know, train yourself to like the water. And then people put in the water, the water colorings and all the things. You just got to watch out with that because, you know, the, the, those add up with the calories and the carbohydrates. And it's not like, you know, uh, it's out of all the things that could be bad, like that's the worst one. It's not. And if that's the way that you like to drink your water, I would say, okay, phase one, let's start with that. <laughs> and then as you get into it, phase two, phase three might be like maybe out of the five cups, maybe four, maybe three, maybe two, and you go down. And so you build that habit of drinking water. So I have people like that, that, well, how about if I infuse it with some cucumbers? Great. Do that. I, to me, it's more work to do that. But if you're about it and you can get the water that I need, <laughs> in you, I'm not going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am not going to fight that battle. I I'd rather, you know, die on another hill, but not that, but not that one. <laughs> yeah. If you were like complaining to me about a cucumber, I'd be like, Tony, I'm, a cucumber. <laughs> like, I'm doing it. It's a mid yeah, spray. No. Tony, let me have a little fun. <laughs> yeah, no. no, no it's so, you're I mean, really good gonna, about that. Yeah. I mean, you're, we're going to get to where you need to be and it's going to take time, but at least you're being safe, especially out there. It's going to be a little easier because it is hot to be drinking more water. So it kind of works out its way out because of the environment that you're in. So uh, I never get too worried about that. It's just the electrolytes. I always want to make sure people have electrolytes when they go to shows. And then making sure that you're just sipping on your water throughout the day, which I don't think will be a problem when you're out there getting blasted by the sun. So if I were to recap the things that I've said, number one, start your day off with water, eight to 16 ounces. You, some people, they get, they get in the habit, they're up to 24 ounces. You know, that, that's, that's making sure that you're starting your day off hydrated. And you'll be surprised when you wake up, eight ounces uh, are going to go down so fast and smooth. You're going, why? It's because you're dehydrated from sleep. So don't be surprised if 16 ounces goes down real easy. And if you're going to have a, a really early day of work, make sure you add those electrolytes in there. Now, as you're going through the day, keep sipping on your water. Some people put alarms on their phone to make sure that they're drinking water. But I think when you're at those shows, it's real easy to remember, I got to drink water. I got to drink water. Uh, anybody that's not drinking water, you might be a, a good friend and then remind them, hey, when's the last time you had some drinks? Because most likely if they're not drinking water, they probably didn't have that morning glass and then they're going to turn into um, a possible accident out there. So we want to make yeah. sure we look after our yeah. people like that. And well, then, I mean, we're all 
pretty good at, yeah. at looking after the horses and, you know, right. giving yeah. them a scoop of electrolyte and making sure the horses are drinking, especially at the shows, you know, monitoring that kind of stuff. And then, and then we don't look after ourselves. Oh, I had a student go down this week. It was so hot and, and we were out in the ring and it was really hot and I had not gone to this. It was a, a it's a newer student and, um, you know, she was lightheaded. I'm like, Hey, where's your water bottle? And she's like, I don't have one. I'm like running to mm. my car to get her some water out of my cooler. You know, I'm like, Hey, you know, don't do that again. Like you make sure you have your water. Um, the same thing. Like she just wasn't prepared for that kind of heat. And, you know, this is someone who's competing. I mean, right now, a lot of my students, right. Uh, we were very careful with, with what we did with the horses this week and, 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 but they're all competing, right. So we have to make a plan to compete in the heat because they're either competing this weekend or next weekend, there's not going to be any cooler here. Um, and so, you know, we have to make a plan for that. And, and that's what I told her. I said, you know, you really, really have to be careful and don't do this again. First of all, you terrified me. Uh, but second of all, um, you know, you got to make a plan for this if you're going to go to that show next week. So, um, but this is all so great, Tony. Thank you so much for talking about this because it is really, uh, it's a real thing right now where pretty much I can't imagine not throughout the country. Um, and I think that just having a plan and, and even starting to execute it before a competition. So you're, you are hydrated going in and it, and it is, it's a journey. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, mm-hmm. we've been together, you've been, been helping me on my journey and, and doing it. And it's a good thing. So awesome. So Tony, how can people find more information about all the good stuff you have online? Uh, so before I, I give people the information, just a tip for trainers. If you're out there and you're, you would be considered now an, an endurance athlete because you're working so hard throughout the day and the day can get long. The standard recommendation for endurance athletes is after you have about an hour and a half of physical activity and your heart rate is elevated, which it will be when you are out in that sun or even if you're in a covered area, your heart rate is going to be higher because you're hotter. That every hour and a half that you follow up with 16 ounces of water and about a quarter of that can be from electrolytes. So if you mix a big thing of electrolytes and you're just drinking, sipping on 16 ounces, say you have a 32 ounce thing and you have it full of electrolyte water, cool, just drink 16 ounces of those every hour and a half. That way you make sure that you're being very responsive and your cognitive ability does not degrade. Now, if you have a student, right, that's different. But if you're out there you get eight to 10 hours, uh, like a lot of trainers are, Every hour and a half, set an alarm. Make sure you're staying hydrated, especially with those electrolytes, because I would consider you all endurance athletes. Well, and I really appreciate, yeah, I really appreciate that because, yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't feel great today because I think that's mm-hmm. exactly what's been happening, right? Like, I, I've been out there all, you know, all week training people. And right. yeah, I mean, in, 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 I can feel it today. I'm like, Whoa, I woke up this morning and I, I, I wasn't feeling great. And, and I know it was cause I wasn't staying hydrated and man, I was trying. Um, so yeah. I think that's really important to remember for us. Um, but all of us, if you're mm-hmm. working in the barn and then you're riding and then, you know, yeah. at a competition or even just general day, um, yesterday I, I, I sent my assistant in, I didn't get that opportunity, but I said, please actually go in 
in your house and take a break for an hour. The horses are under the fans. They're not doing anything because uh, because she had gotten heat stroke the week before. So mm-hmm. I don't think I did that to myself, but uh, lesson learned. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's kind of the nature of the beast. But no, it's really, really great information. So, Tony, thank you so much. How can we find yeah. you online and get all your info? Yeah, you can uh, go to my website, CoachSandoTraining.com. And you can find information on how to work with me. And you can also find tons of information on all things fitness for riders on my Instagram, which is at Coach Sando Training and uh, also on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tony. We so appreciate you. You guys are so welcome. Talk to you guys soon. Well, Phil, at the horse show, my horses are in their beautiful trust design halters. We love these halters. They're lots of fun. Um, so we've been using them when we go off property, uh, which we're trying to do quite a bit this this summer with these couple horses. So I'm really enjoying the trust design halters. And I know you're going to use yours as well. Yeah, I mean, they're really, uh, you, your horses are really going to stand out. They're, they're fun and, and uh, they've been a great sponsor to us. So we appreciate them. And also to our listeners, there's 10% off of your trust design order with your with the coupon code. Just enter HRN um, as you're checking out, and that's 10% off. That's great. We thank Justin for all of that. And uh, you can go to uh, www.trust, that's T-R-V-S-T, design.com to get your halters. Fantastic. And Phil, one of our listeners wrote in, we have a great... Uh, question for our trainer tip, right? So I'm going to let you read it. Okay, here's the question. In training and first level, why do so many people try to sit the trot? Often it flattens the trot or hollows the back. Usually when people are riding these levels, it's younger horses whose backs aren't strong or teaching greener riders and and the riders' backs are often stiff. Um, This is especially true for trot lengthenings. So... Uh, Reese, do you want to, do you want to handle this or? Yeah, well, I'll jump in first and then I'll let you pop in too. Um, so th- this is a important, actually very, I, I teased it in the intro. I, you know, I'm showing a horse that he's older, he's 11, but he's very inexperienced at the horse shows. He's only, he's literally only been to a couple in the last five years. And, and most of them have been in the last month or so with me. So, um, I decided to show him first level test three. Um, to qualify for regionals because I want him to get some competition under his belt. But there was also a specific reason I wanted to do that because this horse can get tight in his back and and he's scoring really, really well, all in the 70th percent. And, and he is a lovely horse, but I was concerned taking this to horse to a horse show. If I did, I mean, he's, he's schooling second level, some third level things that if I got in the ring and he got tight in his back and I had to sit the trot, that could have become a disaster, right? So I really wanted the option to post the trot. That was really critical for me and why I chose that level. So I agree with with the comment that this listener is making because I think it's important that it, it you can post or sit in either one. You have the option to do it. Um, very infrequently do I see riders at those levels um, if they're if they're greener and the horse is, is more advanced and can keep their back soft, then I am okay or for with them sitting the trot. But the point of those levels is to essentially give you an out. You don't have to sit the trot to second level 
And there's a big jump between first level test three and second level test one. And one of the requirements in second level test one is literally what we call the torture trot, where you have to literally sit the trot almost the entire arena. You have to trot, I think it's an E, you go all the way around and then have to do uh, a medium trot in the sitting. Um, so that is literally that a test in that, uh, you know, a movement slash requirement of that test to be able to sit the trot for that long. So I think it's really important when people, um, look at those tests, use the posting to your advantage, right? That is really helpful. Um, if you are getting and, and you're getting better at sitting, then you can obviously do it, but you better be really good if you're sitting the trot at those levels. It, it better give you a better advantage, if that makes sense. Phil, does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean, the only the only reason um, to sit the, sit the trot at this level is that it enhances it in some way will enhance the horse. Yeah, but I, I don't, don't know about you. Don't do it. Yeah, don't do it. And I don't, I don't do know about it. you. I very rarely have seen it ever enhance the horse. Maybe in my whole career, a couple students, it really helps them. And most of them are eventers. So a little bit different type of horses and riders. I can't even tell you when I've had a training or first level person, if I'm like, no, you need to sit the trot very infrequently. Um, yeah. So I, I think mean, it's for important. Me, for yeah. me, my, you know, in, in my experience, I, I, I have, you know, I have, mm -hmm. but me too. only in horses I didn't trust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, because, yeah. you know, I, I, I like, feel, <laughs> I, I can feel more secure on the horse's back and actually make a, a better connection um, from the hind legs to the front legs. If, if I'm sitting and really solidifying the, the, the contact and all of that, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but that, that's, I mean, if, if you see that from me, then it probably means <laughs> that I don't trust the horse. Yeah. So I, you know, I, that's it you know like you said mm -hmm. very like i don't you know very rarely can can you perform a good lengthening uh while sitting like even for my so even in my daily training if i want yeah. to uh ride extensions and encourage the horse to step a little bit more than he did the day before or whatever i'm i'm posting mm -hmm. i'm posting 100%. you know like how am I going to make my horse's job easier? I'm going to get off of his back and maybe he can lift his back that extra centimeter or, you know, or whatever. And, yes. uh, um, again, like I I'm going to, I'm going to sit if I, you know, if I'm in training, if I feel like the horse is going to run away with me, then I can't, then I can't post. Right. But right, for, right. for all other reasons, it's like, you know, for all the re other reasons, I I'm, I'm going to be posting just, yeah. Encourage balance, encourage freedom in the sh everywhere in the hips, shoulders, yeah. hocks, you know, all that great stuff that we talk yeah. about and how to uh, how to make the horse the horse's job easier. This is it. So, um, you know, of course, you know, speak to your coach and have a discussion about it. But uh, in, in general, nine times out of 10, I think po posting is better. Yeah, 100 percent. I agree. I mean, I think it, as a blanket statement, you know, again, we're making a generalization, but I completely agree with you. And and I think that's a really good point. And only if it's going to enhance. And yeah, I think, I, th I think some people have the idea like, oh, you know, if I if I'm posting, then 
the judge is going to think I'm a beginner rider or, or you know, yeah, or something, no, something like that. It's like, <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's using posting to, to enhance the horse and to make all the, all the great things about freedom of movement and better and, and all these things. So, yeah, yeah let, let, let's see more posting in those, let's in see those more posting. first and, levels. Yeah. And, let, let's do it. We'll, we'll, We'll start yeah. a hashtag movement. Hashtag too. move it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it <laughs> hashtag tomorrow. Hashtag post, you know. Post, hashtag post. I'm posting tomorrow. Um, but just as a final, you know, again, we have done a great couple segments. Uh, Patty Mayer did a great segment. Um, you can search it in in our um, in our archives on uh, each of the levels. And USDF has done, and, and there have been a lot of people that have been involved in those committees to make the test systematical. So, you know, theoretically, if you were to start at training level and work through training level test one, training level test two, all the way to Grand Prix, there there is a systematical um, way of, or thought process, right? And so that is why that's there. That is why they, they you don't sit to really have collected trot at second level. And at, in that point, your horse should be strong enough and be able to do it. So just something to think about, you know post because it also it's not a requirement you have you have the option but it's strongly recommended so um also something to think about so yeah well phil that was fun as always we love when when people write in and tell us and give us shout outs but also give us topics for trainer tips because uh phil and i like to jump in sometimes and do them we get them from our guests as well but sometimes we like to jump on in there and and go to back to our roots of training um, and so we love it. So we do have a book club coming, a book coming down the pipeline, just heads up on that. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to announce that we're looking forward to it. Well, as always, the United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook, um, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products and Trust Design. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program found at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back. Have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. (laughs) 